Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Rob Moore here with a caffeine cast, a, a short, sharp shot in the arm of motivation and inspiration. I've also got something very exciting and new and different on our podcast to announce at the end of this one relating to our 50th episode, and we're going to have a little bit of a celebration, and you're going to be able to benefit in probably two ways, definitely one, possibly two. So stay to the end of the podcast to listen out for that. The title is Craft versus Graft and the Myth of Hard Work. So I'm going to put forward a case to suggest that a lot of this generic advice of hustle and grind and work harder than everyone else and you know, outwork them, that advice is limited. It's certainly lazy because it's easy for anyone to say, how do you become successful? Oh, you just work harder than everyone else. But a lot of hours in the wrong thing would probably take you further away from the success that you want. So I'm going to give you some more elegant solutions, some more reverse engineered solutions on how you can get closer to your vision, your legacy, your goals as an entrepreneur and not have to burn them in oil and work 16 hours a day. Also, the question I get asked over and over is, Rob, if you could go back to the start, knowing what you know now, uh, what would you do differently in your business? And I've got two answers to that. And again, I'm going to answer both of those at the end of the podcast because I think that's where they're most relevant. So stay tuned for that. All right, so let's define graft and craft. Graft is burning the midnight oil. It's working 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day, you know, wearing the amount of work that you work like a badge of honor, regardless of if you're drooling while you're doing it and you're half comatose and you're making terrible decisions. But it's all right because I'm working hard and I'm hustling, man. And it's, it's the grind, as they call it. It's the attritional stuff. It's doing the stuff you don't want to do. It's the discipline, the self-negation, the sacrifice, you know, and it's almost like that's a cool thing to do, you know, in the pursuit of your mission. And, you know, you will stop at nothing until you get your goal. And there are some big costs to that. And I want to make you aware of those. And very often that gets you further away, actually, from where you want to go in life. Craft, on the other hand, is vision, mission, legacy, strategy, planning, leadership, creativity, ideas and inspiration, all of which take time and need room and space and mostly are thought based, thinking based tasks rather than sweat and blood based, you know, of operations and functions. And I'd certainly argue that the thought based work and tasks are easier, less attritional, and also many of the biggest leaders in the world end up using their brain rather than their brawn to make millions and billions and leave a lasting legacy or to grow a, a meaningful enterprise. And the harder you're working, you know, the attrition, the sweat, the less you can spend on craft and creativity and ideas and inspiration. And by the way, you will not get inspired and you will not have that million or that billion dollar idea when you are hustling and wrestling and grinding and tired and stressed out and doing stuff you hate because you've got a deadline you've got to hit. So you need to leave space to have those ideas because they don't come to you 
when you want them and need them according to a deadline. And the brain will not, will not search and find for them when it's tense and stressed. Now, I just want to get something clear before I carry on. I'm not saying you don't have to work hard enough not to have to work hard. I'm not saying that sweat doesn't beat regret. So I'm not saying be a lazy bastard and, you know, just um, manifest your millions through the seed of intention in the unconscious mind and the manifest of the glorious universe. So I'm not saying do nothing and expect everything. But what I'm also not saying, and I really think this is bad advice, is work hard and sweat and attrition your way to success because there'll be a huge cost. And let's look at those in a moment. So you can work really hard and long on something that's wrong. You can put all your energy into the thing that you think you've got to do, but it's the wrong thing, but you don't know because you're too busy doing it. And you're not taking advice and you're 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 not coming up for air or food or anything like that. And you're just working harder and harder on the wrong thing. We've all done that. The harder you hustle and grind and work, the more stress it creates, the more resistance, the more tiredness. When you're tired and you're stressed, you make bad decisions. The way you speak to people can really push them away. You can push clients away. You can push consultants away. You can push, you know, all sorts of business away. You can do a public speech in front of a lot of people and just be on on edge a little bit. And people just don't quite um, get that good energy about you just because you stayed up a couple of hours late to to hit a deadline because you were burning the midnight midnight oil and wearing that like a badge of honour. So there can be huge costs to working hard, 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 hard. You can miss all the signs and the answers. You can be working so hard Maybe it's not, let's assume it's not the wrong thing, but let's just say it's one thing, but you're working so hard on one thing, you don't see all the signs on the better thing and the next best thing and the innovation and the disruption, the new technology, because you're too busy, work, 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 dig, dig, dig on the thing that you've kind of convinced yourself is the right thing. Also, you can rest on the few hours that you rest when you're hustling and grinding, safe in the knowledge that, you know, you worked hard and you, know, you didn't leave anything on the table. And, and you know, you almost get this level of success, uh, fulfillment and satisfaction based on how many hours you worked and how hard you worked, not on how smart you worked and what you achieved. And with technology and social media and, and, and all the, the, the disruptions that we can leverage right now, it's not so much a measure of input, it's a measure of output. And where manual labor is becoming less valuable and what we call, what people call thought leadership is becoming more valuable, you know, that's something to think about. The answers could be staring you in the face. You know, they literally could be there over and over and over again, but you're missing them because you're working too hard. People could be offering you help or there could be some manner of help or leverage you could have, but you're missing them because you're working too hard. You can miss great people, great networks, great partnerships because you're working so hard. You can devalue your time because you're working so hard and you're not thinking about what your time is worth and rather than thinking, okay, so, you know, could I I invest this time better or could I leverage this time better? You just do it yourself because, you know, you'll get it done quicker. And actually you end up devaluing your time the harder you work in lower value tasks. Now, what wealthy people do is they spend and invest money to save and preserve time. What poor people do in this, this, you know, this sort of blind grinding and hustling is they're trying to save money and they're spending and wasting time. So I'd rather encourage you to be the first one where you're, you're valuing, spending and investing money to save and invest time rather than the other way around. Now, the thing with business and entrepreneurship and the leverage that it gives you is it's kind of different to conventional work hard. So sure, if you're in manu- manual labor, manufacturing, etc., you know, you work overtime and you work extra hours, you get more pay. And, and, and that's kind of like correlatory. It's directly linked. 
So if what you're doing is an, an input versus output binary relationship, then sure, the harder you work, the more money you'll make. But of course, that comes at a cost of your family and your health and everything else. Sport, for example, some sports, you know, the, the harder you work, the harder you practice, the better you get, the luckier you get. But business and entrepreneurship is very different because it's not like that. And uh, time and money aren't related. It's not like the businesses that work the hardest and, and invest the most time, make the most money. It's the ones that utilize leverage, that have scale, that utilize sort of innovation, technology, it's things such as social media, uh, you know, businesses that embrace the internet the quickest were able to scale the quickest. So time and results are almost inverse. They're not directly linked compared to manufacturing industry, etc., which probably were more where efficiencies and time saving, you know, like Henry Ford, always looking to create a better, more efficient car manufacturing process because, you know, every, every minute saved could be put on the bottom line. But business is, is time and money and results are, they have a, a much deeper, more complex relationship. And very often to earn more is to do less, but do more of the right things and utilize 80-20 thinking. But even in sports, they're getting a lot more scientific about how the coaches get their, what do you call people who are being coached, you know, their students, their trainers, their, you know, their sports people, they're, they're thinking way more scientifically. And for example, there's a health fitness regime phenomenal movement if you like called the dolce diet and they're able to give you two and a half three thousand calories worth of food and still have you cut weight whereas other people might only be able to give you 1100 calories to cut weight which means you can still cut weight in a better more scientific way but it means when you start when you fight you're not so drained and there's not a cost because the harder you cut weight the lower energy you have and the more likely you are to say for example lose your fight if you're an mma fighter or something like that and a lot of running coaches, it's become quite popular that instead of trying to get their sprinters or athletes to work harder, they have to do the opposite. They have to hold them back. They have to get them to train less. They have to get them to think scientifically with rest and diet and, and actually uh, sort of almost not under training, but training to the point where, you know, you, you don't get injuries and you need a long and successful career like Roger Federer, who's obviously scientifically managed his career amazingly well, yet there are others, people who've missed on the longevity of their success because of injury. Now, you don't want to miss on the longevity of your success and compounding because you burn yourself out working so hard on things you don't enjoy. Now, in today's modern business disruptive world, you can outsource most things, you know, on all these outsourcing websites. Hey, I'm sure you've read Life Leverage. If you haven't read Life Leverage, because it tells you all the places that you can outsource, you can pretty much outsource every area of your life, your personal life, your chores, your business, coding, design. You can do it all from apps on your phone. And so, so it's very different now, whereas before you would have to probably skill yourself up and learn all these things. But in the world we live in now, you don't need to skill yourself up in technical areas. You need to be a generalist entrepreneur who's able to lead and create a vision and, and have a strategy and make a plan and execute the plan and tweak and iterate and pivot as you go. So, so if you can embrace the world we're in, it will actually mean you have a longer life, you have less stress, you do more, but you, you do less, but you think more. And you probably have a more long-term sustainable career. You'll certainly make lots more money. You'll certainly have a much bigger legacy and you won't be, you know, you won't be at the coalface if you like. More modern training in sports like cricket, for example, they're really analysing the data a lot. And, you know, instead of maybe getting you to train an extra two hours, what it might be is that you're watching videos of your opponents or you're analysing data of, you know, where they consistently bowl the ball or hit the ball or, you know, you're looking at all the, the consistent ways that a batsman gets out. And then obviously you build your strategy around that rather than just going and, you know, bowling a load of balls in the nets. 
It's the same with golf. It's, you know, rather than just going beating balls down the range, you know, if 60% of your shots are taken from your wedges and putter, then it might be smart to spend 60% of your practice on your wedges and putter, which are only two or three or four clubs out of 14 clubs in your bag. So, you know, there's, there's a lot more smart scientific thinking other than just smashing and beating balls down the range. Also, five minutes in planning has been said to save one hour in doing. So if you can just take five minutes to plan, you can save yourself an hour in wasted attrition. And you'll make really bad decisions when you're burned out. And you'll rush things and you'll upset people and you'll miss something really important. I mean, if you're rushed and tired and burned out and you're working through this complex algorithm and you miss one X or one Y, that could break the whole thing. And there's probably been some horrific stories of things that have gone so wrong on one tiny detail missed. Now, the thing with craft is when you're using craft, so your vision, strategy, legacy, etc., The old you or the indoctrinated you is like, I'm not working very hard. I kind of feel a bit guilty here. Have I actually achieved anything? And you almost have to rewire your brain to think a different way because to get the ideas, to meet the people, to implement a strategy, to have a vision, to think about your legacy, your values, to work on your culture and everything else, it needs space, it needs time, it needs the right environment. You know, you need to, to declutter everything. You don't want noise or distraction you need to breathe, you need to take time, you need to allow yourself time to be inspired. And in a very busy, 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 busy world, a lot of people aren't taking the time to do that. And I would argue that that's the thing you need to take time for the most, certainly first, because graft is error-ridden, it's wasteful. So here are some actions that you can take to be more into craft, less into graft, to work actually less but earn, learn, grow, and make a difference more. So number one is you need to compartmentalize your diary and your time, your day, your week, your month, your year, and you need to put in craft time. Now, let's say you can only afford 25, 30%, you think right now, that's fine. If you don't put it in, you'll never do anything. It's set at the end of the day when when you're really knackered and you'll never end up doing it. Whereas if you put it in before your graft, it'll always be there and... Put it early or put it in the times in your day, in your diary, where you're most inspired and energised or, you know, you're you're most in flow. Some people are late at night. I know some writers are late at night. I'm personally 5.30 to 7.30 in the morning. So compartmentalise your diary. And if you can only start with 20% of your time now, that's fine. That's a great start. And what do you do? You move it in a month to 25%, in in six months to 35%. Before you know it, two, three years down the line, you're making 10x the money and 70, 80% of your time might be craft and only 20% of your time is actually kind of graft and on the cold face. Also, if you merge work and play, so if, if some of your craft and graft merge and some of your graft becomes your craft, so um, some of your work becomes meetings and planning sessions and strategy sessions and brainstorms where you, you blur the lines. So yeah, you're still clocking up the hours, but the work is more using your brain than your hands. That will certainly help you move it more into craft. If you can merge your passion and profession, so that some of the, the work stuff you do is also play stuff, like, for example, public speaking, or like for me doing the podcasts, or, you know, some of my social media posts and sharing and answering questions and doing videos. You know, one could call that work, because for, to a certain degree, it helps my business, but it's certainly fun too. So that, that diminishes the feeling that it's hard graft. Also, if you ask better questions, you'll get better results and you'll go way more into craft with quality questions. So here are poor quality questions. Oh man, I've got to do it. Or how, how do I get this done? Or they're poor quality questions. Or good quality questions are how can I get the same results 
in less time? How can I get the same results in less of my own personal time? Who can I get to do this hard work who would love to do it and not see it like work? Who can I get to do what I hate who loves what I hate? Who's better than me at this thing? Who is the best at this thing that could do it easily and quickly? How can I achieve this same result with none of my own time? And you can look at asking yourself, how can I achieve this faster? How can I achieve this easier? How can I achieve this better? How can I achieve this with more efficiency? How can I achieve this with less wastage? Better questions, better results. Also, ask yourself, what are your highest value key result areas, which are KRAs, and income generating tasks, which are IGTs, which again are detailed in Life Leverage. So if you're getting into graft mode, just have a little reality check every hour and go, is this the highest value task I can be doing right now? And if it's not, park it, outsource it, pause it, delegate it, dump it, delete it, drop it, whatever, and move into craft time and leverage time and income generating time. Also look at what's the opportunity cost of this hard graft. So yes, I might be working here, but what am I missing out here? What could I also be doing that could give me a better return on time invested? Does this thing that I'm working on hard get me close to my vision or am I just doing it for a badge of honor or to not feel guilt or to prove a point that I can do this better than someone else or that I'm really needed or that because it fuels my ego or just because I can't let go because I have the sort of small business mentality syndrome. All right, so back to that initial question that I said I get asked a lot where I have two answers. So people always ask me, if you could go back to the start, what would you do differently? Well, my first answer is kind of, well, considering I've made probably, what, 40, 50 million quid, why would I do anything differently? And I don't want to go back with a kind of nostalgia or remorse and say that, oh, it, it was all wrong. I think that the two things I definitely do very differently And yeah, whilst people say this is easy for you to say, Rob, this is definitely what I would do with the same knowledge, even if I had no money. And that would be to leverage more and to build my team and hire and outsource earlier. So it would actually be to ultimately spend more time in craft and less time in graft because I worked really hard for the first two or three years. I was single, which meant there was no attritional cost to my family and, and friends and loved ones, kids. But in that two or three years, I became quite insular, certainly before I got into property where my business sort of transformed. But certainly as an artist, it became insular. I wasn't going out at all. So I wasn't meeting people. So I became quite lonely. And, you know, I only had this one thing and that can be quite isolating And yeah, okay, you could say, well, it it built the foundations of a successful business, but what was the cost? And the cost was significant. And certainly I wasn't the happiest in my my life then. And, you know, if you think about it in 30 or 40, 50 years time in the long-term vision of your business, does it matter if you worked an extra 10 hours a week or whatever? Probably not. You might even burn yourself out. So outsource more. Do less, think more. Get staff now, get a PA, get an ops manager, get an MD. If you can't get them, get a virtual one to start with. You know, you can get all these virtual things like virtual assistant and virtual HR company that you can just sort of pay a retainer to. You can get virtual everything. Start now. Even if you've only got five or 10 hours a week that you can outsource, start now. Get into the habit of it so that when you really need it, it's there. So I said I'd mention to you a special 50th episode that's coming up. So on the 50th episode of The Disruptive Entrepreneur, we are going to be doing a grilling of me. So I'm going to be the interviewed 
And uh, it's been something that we've been asked a lot. I really wanted to focus on the interviews, interviewing other people, but it's been something that you, uh, many of you across the world have been asking a lot. So my, our in-house designer who does all of the amazing work in building the podcast, the design, the hosting, etc., the editing, Tom, he's going to be the interviewer. He's going to grill me. And there is going to be a significant prize for everybody whose question gets through the process and is asked to me. So if you go to my Twitter page at Rob Progressive, if you go onto my progressive, my page on Facebook, which is at Rob Moore Progressive, I believe, you can just search in Twitter and Facebook, you'll find me. If you join the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community, that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community. Obviously, you need a way of finding me. And you just publish a question. Tom will collate them all. And he's going to ask the best questions. And I want you to be topical. I want you to be controversial. I want you to really grill me. Tom's really looking forward to this. He wants to try and trip me up in loads of different ways. And every question that's asked, we're going to give you a significant gift or prize that's going to be worth a lot of money to you. We're also going to be running some competitions live. So we're going to do that 50th episode as a live feed, maybe as an online platform like GoToWebinar or GoToMeeting. I might do it as a live feed video on Facebook. So we're going to be doing it live as well. And everyone that tunes in live, I'm also going to have a gift for. So do send me your questions. Also review The Disruptive Entrepreneur if you haven't already. It makes a huge difference to getting more global. And the more global this becomes and the more people I can help, the better quality of information I can give to you and serve you. So get involved in the community, ask your question. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.